Take two. We're here to talk about the day of Pegawain. Pegawain means notch days, you know. And notch days can also be be called not days because they're not days in Yah's calendar. They are, but they aren't. Yeah, I know, confusing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, every day or every month in, in Yah's solar calendar, you know, uh, we adhere to a solar calendar, a calendar that was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls that the ancient priests used to utilize. It's a fixed calendar. It's a solar calendar. Every month is 30 days, you know, and then there are these four days of Peguin. These four days of Peguin speaks to the four notch days, or they were also called the four additional days. And these were the days that marked the seasons. You know, so they mark the spring and um, the vernal and autumnal equinoxes as well as the summer and winter solstices. And it just so happens today is one of those days, you know. And so we're going to talk about the days of Peguin. You know, they're, uh, they're found in the book of Enoch and they're also, um, I believe it's uh, alluded to in Jubilees, but you know, Enoch goes into them pretty, pretty uh, straightforwardly. You know, it says Enoch received secret knowledge concerning humanity and Yah's heavenly calendar and was instructed to write it in a book. Enoch was the grandfather of Noah, to whom the book was passed down, and, and it was Noah who brought the book through the flood. You know, we see in um, Enoch 68.1, it says, And after that, my grandfather Enoch gave me all the secrets in the book and in the parables which had been given to him. And he put them together for me in the words of the book of the parables. Now, this is how it's possible for the book to have survived the flood. It's not too hard to accept that Noah would have taken his great-grandfather's writings with him onto the ark. That said, the book of Enoch has been around for quite a while. In fact, I think it's safe to say that it was the first Bible on earth, if not the first book on earth, at least after the flood. You know, now, many view the book to be more messianic in its theology than Jewish. It was considered scripture by many of the early Jewish and messianic assemblies. The earliest literature of the so-called messianic fathers is filled with references to this mystery book, to this mysterious book. Um, the early second century Epistle of Barnabas makes much use of the Book of Enoch. The second and third century men like Justin Martyr, Arrhenius, um, Origen, and Clement of Alexandria all made use of the Book of Enoch. Tertullian, um, which was from 160 to 230 CE, is quoted calling the Book of Enoch Holy Scripture. You know, a lot of people like to throw this book out, but I assure you, it is Scripture. And it, is, it should be taken seriously. Now, I find Enoch's initial statement extremely interesting, especially considering the circumstances surrounding this book during our day and time. You know, <clears throat> for during our day and time, we were told that the book of Enoch was, was spurious, that it was written much later, only to find out via the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, that, no, it actually preceded, you know, all of our New Testament writings regardless of how similar they are. So it, that's just a, more of a testament to the book of Enoch 
that they may have been borrowing from. You know, in Enoch chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, The blessing of Enoch, with which he blessed the elect and the righteous who will be present on the day of tribulation. Did you catch that? Hmm. With which he blessed the elect and righteous who will be present on the day of tribulation. Hmm. He's not speaking to the people of his time. He's speaking to people of our time. You know, um, it said at the time of the removal of all the wicked ones. And Enoch, the blessed and righteous man of Yahuwah, took up his parable while his eyes were open and he saw and said, This is a Kodesh vision from the heavens which the Malachim showed me. And I heard from them everything and I understood. I look not for this generation. You see, you see that? Say, so look not for this generation, for, but for the distant one that is coming. I speak about the elect ones and concerning them. Hmm. You know, so he wasn't even speaking about those of his day and time. He was speaking about those who far, far into the future. You know, folks like us, maybe. Hmm? Hereby we learn that the book of Enoch wasn't written for the earlier generation, but for the last generation. How amazing is it that it still remained in any form after so long? That's just a testament to Yah and how he's able to preserve his word. Yes. You know, that this book is even still around in any type of way. You know, so the, the Ethiopic um, church long ago added the book of Enoch to its official canon. It was widely known and read the first three centuries after Yahushua. Uh, and the book of Enoch and many other books became discredited uh, after the council of Laodicea. <laughs> and being under the ban of the authorities afterwards, it gradually passed out of circulation. But now, via the Dead Sea Scrolls, the book of Enoch has been revalidated. For with the finding of the Dead Sea Scrolls, it proves that these weren't writings that came after the Brit Kadashah. Uh, or the New Testament, um, it actually proves that they preceded the New Testament, you know, and so uh, we have validation that it is actual, uh, in factual scripture. So let us consider an interesting excerpt from it. It's found in Enoch 69, 10 and 11. It says, for human beings were not created for such purposes to take up their beliefs with pen and ink. For indeed, human beings were not created but to be uh, like the Malachim, permanently to maintain pure and righteous lives. Death, which destroys everything, would not have touched them had it not been through their knowledge by which they shall perish. Mm. Death is now eating us by means of this power. Mm. See, there's a such thing as forbidden knowledge. You know, you have so many people who have itchy ears and they just want to know everything. They want to know everything about everything. Well, there are some things it's best we don't know about. You know, and there's certain things that are forbidden for us to know about. And just opening the door to our to our hearts and minds to them can bring in dire consequences. You know, first Enoch chapters eight and nine. I'm sorry, but eight and sixty-nine. Is all about forbidden knowledge that the fallen angels or Malachim taught men. Hereby we learn that is 
that this forbidden knowledge is one of the main reasons death consumes us. It was because of this knowledge that we were not supposed to have. Now, we're going to consider a few things the fallen angels or the Malachim taught men. In Enoch 8.3, it says, Amaras, Amazras taught incantation and the cutting of roots and Amaros, the resolving of incantations, and Barakriel, Creole astrology, and Kokorael, the knowledge of the signs, and Tamel taught the scene of the stars, and Sariel taught the course of the moon, as well as the deception of men. You know, how many men been deceived because of Sariel teaching deception? <laughs> There's a lot of deception that went forth, right? Yeah. You know, uh, now consider a passage in scripture whereby this very thing got some folks, some of the honest people in trouble. Mm -hmm. It's found in Ezekiel 13, 18 through 21. Can I have my first reader read Ezekiel 13, 18 through 21, please? And say, thus saith the Adonai Yahuwah, woe to the woman that sell pillows to all armholes and make her chiefs upon the head of every stature to hunt souls. Will ye hunt the souls of my people, and will ye save the souls alive that come unto you? And will ye pollute me among my people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread to slay the souls that should not die and save the souls alive that should not live by your lying to my people that hear your lies? Wherefore, thus saith the Adonai, Yahuwah, behold, I am against your pillows, wherewith ye there hunt the souls to make them fly, and I will tear them from your arms, and will let the souls go, even the souls that ye hunt, to make them fly. Your kerchiefs also will I tear and deliver my people out of your hand, and they shall be no more in your hand to be hunted, and ye shall know that I am Yahuwah. Hallelujah. So you see, here it is, they were doing a type of witchcraft, you know, and of course, that witchcraft was getting them in trouble with Yah. And to the, to the um, point to that they were hunting souls, you know, to make them fly. And, you know, and uh, Yah was not with that at all, you know, but people are still doing this, this type of thing even now today. And in some places, it's very prevalent, you know. Uh, it also says Sariel taught the course of the moon as well as the deception of man. You know, and in Genesis 19, you know, 31 through 36, we see how this type, this deception of men was used to bring about some wicked offspring. My next reader, Genesis 19, 31 through 36. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man, not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come let us make our father drink wine, and we would lie with him that we may perceive seed of our father. And they made their father drunk, <clears throat> drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and laid with her, her father. And he perceived not when she laid down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight 
uh, with my father. Let us make him drunk with uh, drink with wine this night also, and go through it and lie with him that we may perceive seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and laid with him, and he perceived not when she laid down nor when she arose. Thus went, thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't drink, but if, if it make you get that drunk, you know that's not can't be a good thing, you know. But uh, here it is. <coughs> They use deception to deceive their father to conceive by it. Mm. You know, and both uh, both genealogies or, or, um, that came from this were wicked. Mm. In Enoch 69, 12, we read the fifth is named Kasada, Kasada. And it is he who revealed to the children of people the various flagations of all evil, the flagation of the souls and the demons, the mm. smashing of the embryo in the womb so that it may be crushed, mm. the, the uh, flagellation of the soul, snake bites, sunstrokes, the son of the serpent whose name is Tabata. Hereby we learn that we can thank the fallen angels for all the abortions that take place in the earth. You know, mm. literally millions and millions of would-be children, you know, taken, lives are taken and it's all due to this fallen angel. Mm. Uh, Enoch 82, 1 and 2, now Methuselah, my son, I shall recount all these things to you and write them down for you. I have revealed to you and given you the book concerning all these things. Preserve my son the book from your father's hand in order that you may pass it to the generations of the world. I have given wisdom to you, to your children to those who shall become your children, in order that they may pass it in turn to their own children and to the generations that are discerning. Mm. And so this is exactly what happened until it fell in our hands. You know? Enoch 82, 3 and 4. Um, my next reader, please. All the wise ones shall give praise and wisdom shall dwell upon your consciousness. They shall not slumber, but be thinking. They shall cause their ears to listen in order that they may learn this wisdom. And it shall please those who feast on it more than the good food. Blessed are all the righteous ones. Blessed are those who walk in the street of righteousness and have no sin like the sinners in the computant days of which the sun goes its course in the sky. If the sun comes in the door, through, if the sun comes in through a door and rises with thirty days together, with the chiefs of thousands of the orders of the stars together, with the four which are added to determine the intervals within a year, that is the intervals between the four seasons of the year, those that lead among come in. <clears throat> on four days. Okay, so hereby we learn that there are four days which determine the intervals within the year. That is the intervals between the four um, seasons of the year. The Book of Jubilees teaches 
that the following day, the day after the day of Pegwing, you know, um, the day following these four seasonal days, that is the new month days of the first, the fourth, the seventh, and the tenth months are days of remembrance. And they played a significant role during the flood as well. <clears throat> In Jubilees 23 to 28, we find it says, and on the new month of the first, uh, the new month of the first month, and on the new month of the fourth month, and on the new month of the seventh month, and on the new month of the tenth month are the days of remembrance. And the days of the seasons in the four divisions of the year. These are written and ordained as a testimony forever. And Noah ordained them for himself as feasts for the generations forever, so that they become thereby a memorial unto him. And on, and on the new month of the first month, he was bidden to make for himself an ark. And on that day, the earth became dry, and he opened the ark and saw the, sun, saw the earth. And on the new month of the fourth month, the mouths of the depths of the abyss beneath were closed. And on the new month of the seventh month, all the mouths of the abysses of the earth were opened, and the waters began to descend into them. And on the new month of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains were seen, and Noah was glad. And on this account, he ordained them for himself as feasts for a memorial forever, and thus they are ordained. Hence in the Dead Sea Scrolls calendar, they call these new months the days of remembrance and on them they read certain psalms mm -hmm. likewise on the day of Peguin, um aka the additional day there were psalms that were read and on the day of Peguin, they would read psalm 91 you know one and so we're gonna take a look at this psalm psalm 91 he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty I will say of Yahuwah, he is my refuge and my fortress. My Elohim and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Now this makes sense when you consider that, um, that Yah likens himself to an eagle. Other than that, it doesn't make sense. Like what he was talking about, you know, the most high shield. Bide under his shadow, he should cover you with his feathers. He has feathers. And under his wings. Yeah, you know, I guess, you know, the angels have wings, right? You know, but he likens himself to an eagle. And we see this in Exodus 19, verses 3 and 4. It says, And Moshe went up unto Elohim, and Yahuwah called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. And how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, why would Yah liken himself to an eagle? Anyone? That's part of the beast that comes from Revelation. Yeah, but this is Yah liking himself to to the eagle. Oh, oh, lot, oh, Mr. Most High liking himself. He's liking himself to 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 an eagle. The, the king of the birds, one of the most majestic of the of birds. Of yes, he is the most majestic of the, of the birds. Teaches so, it. So what you saying? So, uh, it's a represent. So Yah is using that majestic beast as a <coughs> <coughs> 
In what way? Uh, because of him living high in the sky. Okay. Well, you got it, you know. They're not quite the word I was oh, looking for. Okay. But because the eagle is the king of the heavens. Okay. This guy. Well, yeah. I said you, you, had, the, you had the concept. Just okay. wasn't the word I was looking for. You know, um, but yeah, the eagle is noted as the king of the heavens, you know. And so this is why Yah likened himself unto an eagle. And he says how he bore Israel up on eagle's wings and brought, brought them unto himself. And also, it says he that dwelleth in a secret place. And I, I thought this was beautiful um, uh, insight from the book of Enoch. You know, concerning that secret place. You know, he that dwelleth in that in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of Almighty. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings. You know, this place is a place of great significance um, uh, that's taught by Enoch. It's found in Enoch 39, 7 and 8. It says, and I saw his dwelling place. Under the wings of the Adonai of Rukot. You know, so the dwelling place was under the wings of the Adonai or the, the, um, the Lord of Spirits. And all the righteous and elect before him shall be as strong as fiery lights. So this is the place where all the righteous and the elect before him, this is where they dwell, you know, under the wings of Yah. And it says, and their mouth shall be full of blessing. And their lips extol the name of the Adonai of Rukot. And righteousness before him will never fail. And uprightness will never fail before him. You know, and he goes on in verse 8 and says, there I wish to dwell. So this is Enoch. He's saying he's seen this and he's like, oh, that's where I want to be. I want to dwell there. I want to be right there with them. And it says in my Ruach longed for that dwelling. You know, he longed for that dwelling place. And there heretofore have been my portion. For so has it been established concerning me before the Adonai. Because so, you know, he was told, yes, you will get to dwell here, but not now. You know, um, I guess after his demise, you know, he would get to dwell there. This is where we're longing to dwell as well. This is where we want to get to. We want to dwell in that secret place. We want to be covered by Yah's feathers and, and take refuge under his wings, you know, and trust him to protect us and keep us. Amen. Amen. You know, so this is, this is a beautiful picture, you know, of where the righteous dwell, the righteous and the elect. Psalms 91 goes on in verses 5 through 8. It says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. You know, see, we have to understand that when we draw near to Yah, that when we abide in that dwelling place, when we take refuge under the wings of Yah, that no evil can come before us. You know, 
we are safe. We don't have to worry about the arrows flying through the day or the pestilence, you know, or the destruction that wastes of, you know, we don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Yah has us. You know, and so, like, this is supposed to be our confidence. But unfortunately, whenever something happens, everyone just falls apart as if this passage is not you. Everybody starts shaking in their boots. They start talking about a pestilence that's going, going around, you know, and everybody just, you know, start cowering in fear. You know, but it says, thou shalt not be afraid. Thou shalt not be afraid for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. So why are y'all's people afraid? Something not right. Say lie. Also, um, this reminds me of what we see like in Exodus 8, 20 through 23, just to show, because y'all just not, it's not just saying this. You know, he's done it before. And so we have confidence that he'll do it again, even with us, you know, because this, this is not his first rodeo. He, he's actually done it before. We read in Exodus 8, 20 through 23, it says, And Yahuwah said unto Moshe, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water and say unto him, Thus saith Yahuwah, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people and into thy houses. And the houses of the, of the uh, Mitzrayim shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground where, whereon they are. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen. Hello, y'all's people. In which my people dwell. Hallelujah. That no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end that thou mayest know that I am Yahuwah in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And so we see that Yah is well able. This wasn't the only time he done it. Throughout the remainder of the plagues. The other seven um, plagues that will come after this. Yah also made division betwixt his people and the Mizraim. Amen? You know, so if he done it for them, he can do it for us. There's nothing for us to be afraid of when we see the enemy getting what, what they sowed. When we see them reaping what they sowed. Psalm 91 continues in 9 through 13. It says, because thou hast made Yahuwah which is my refuge, even the most high habitation. Why would Yah protect us? Why would he do that? Why would he differentiate us from the, from the wicked? Even because we have made him our habitation. You know, have you made Yah your habitation? I want to I wanna point something out to you. When Yah brought Israel out of Mitzrayim, one of the first things he had them do was make a habitation that he might dwell in their midst. Now, I want you to understand, because he was trying to get a point across, but I don't think a lot of people get the point. 
One of the, another one of the first things that um, he done when they came out through through Mizraim, one of the first things he done, he arranged Israel in the wilderness. He arranged four tribes to the north, four to the south, four to the east, and four to the west. And then he arranged the um, all their tents extending in, in those four directions. And if you were to look from an aerial view, you'll see something like this. You know, something like a man laid out in the, in the wilderness. You know, because that's what Israel was. A many-membered body of a man. A son of Elohim. You know, and so, if you can see that, you'll see that Yah was fathering them from above. He was arranging them. He was causing them to come forth. You know, and he was causing them to make a habitation for him. And so that's just a picture of what we're to do. When we come out of Mizraim, we're supposed to make a dwelling place for Yah within us. Because if he's not dwelling in us, we lost. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's just that's just how that goes. You know, uh, it goes on in verse 10, it says, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give angels charge over thee. To keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands. Lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon. Shalt thou trample under feet. Who's the lion? First Kephas 5a says. Be sober, be diligent. Because your adversary the devil. As a roaring lion. Walketh about sinking. Seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. Saying we'll tread upon the devil, the roaring lion. And then who's the dragon? Revelation 12, 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. You know, so we see here, he's talking about we'll have victory over the devil. Verses 14 through 16, my next reader, Psalm 91. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. This word salvation is Yeshua. He's saying with long life, I will satisfy him and show him Yahshua because Yahshua is the way to eternal life. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah, amen. You know, now, it says in verse 14, because he hath set his love upon me. Well, therefore I, will I deliver him because he set his love upon me. How, what, is, what does it look like to love Yah? You know, Exodus 26 says, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Can you see that to love Yah is to keep his commandments? Yes. Yeah. You know, you can't love him without keeping his commandments. We have a second witness in Deuteronomy 5.10. It says, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. If you don't love him, you, 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 if you're not keeping his commandments, you don't love him. And if you love him, then you must be keeping his commandments. 
Also consider Deuteronomy 11.22. It says, For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you to do them, to love Yahuwah your Elohim, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him. So if you love Yahuwah your Elohim, you're going to walk in all his ways, and you're going to cleave unto him. You know, so keeping his commandments, walking in his ways, and cleaving unto him is equated to loving him. Can you see that? Yeah. And we have first Yochanan 5 3. It says, For this is the love of Elohim, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Again, you cannot love Elohim without keeping his commandments, but yet you have people today who go around saying that his commandments are done away with, you don't have to do them. Hmm. That's just like saying, you know, his love is done away with and you don't have to love him. <clears throat> Say la. Mm. All right. Now, other Psalms for today is Psalms 149. It starts off, praise ye Yah. You know, sing unto Yahuwah a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints. Now, this word praise is halal. It literally means to make yourself look like a fool. Yah. When the last time you made yourself look foolish for Yah? Because that is the highest praise. You know, and then this word um, in the KJV it says, praise ye the Lord. But this word, um, the Lord is actually Yah and it's number 3050. You know, so it's actually saying, praise ye Yah. And if you put it together, it's hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so he says, sing unto Yahuwah a new song. When do you sing to Yah a new song? You know, and, you know, to uh, when they sing to Yah a new song, you always sing to him a new song when you got a new victory. You know, so this is when they would sing songs to him is when he caused them to become victorious. And so after a new victory, they would sing a new song. You know, and so we see evidence of this in Exodus 15, um, verses 1 and 2, after he gave them the victory over Mizraim, over the um, Egyptians in the sea. It says, Then sang Moshe and the children of Israel this song unto Yahuwah, and spake, saying, I will sing unto Yahuwah. Why? For he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. <laughs> Can you see that they were singing unto him because he had triumphed over their enemies? Because he had delivered them from their enemies. This is why we sing a new song. You know, even in the time of Revelation, you know, when we go to Revelation, it says, you know, and they, they, they were singing a new song to Yah because they had just received a new victory over the enemy, you know. Even when they were resurrected, the enemy death thought they had thought he had conquered them, but then they were resurrected, and so they were singing a new song because they got a new victory, they got new life over death, victorious. Oh, death, where's where's thy sting? Mm -hmm. You know. So uh, it continues in verse two. It says, "Yahoo is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He has become Yahshua. He is my Elohim." I will prepare him in habitation. Again, we have to prepare him a place to inhabit us if we're going to be the, the true people of Elohim. If we're going to be the true people of Elohim, the 
true children of Elohim, the true sons of Elohim. If that's what we're seeking to be, we have to prepare him a habitation, a dwelling place within us. Otherwise, we will be none of his. It says, my father's Elohim and I will exalt him. I will prepare him the habitation. My father's Elohim and I will exalt him. Uh, Psalms 149, 2 through 4, let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them pray, sing praises unto him with the timbre and harp. For Yahuwah taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Um, he will beautify the meek with Yahshua. Hallelujah. Uh, verses 5 through 9. Of Psalms 149. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let their high praise, let the high praises of Elohim be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You know, Ephesians 6 17 teaches us that the sword is the word of Elohim. It says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Ruach, which is the word of Elohim. You know, and also Hebrews 4 12, for the word of Elohim is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Mm. You know, and so you can see even as, you know, uh, the author is going on, he's giving two sides for the two sides of the sword, the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and marrow, and the discerner of thoughts and intents mm. of the heart. You know, so Psalms 149, 7 through 9, to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Hallelujah. You know, and so it's, it ends the same way it started with hallelujah, hence it's called one of the hallelujah songs. And then the last one is Psalms 143. Let me have my next reader read Psalms 143, 1 through 5, please. Or, or 1 through 6. This book of Psalms, what, what, what you say? Uh, 1 through 6. Just okay. skip over that. Okay. This book of Psalms, chapter 145, verse 1 through 6. Or, 143. 143, I'm sorry. This book of Psalms, chapter 143, verse 6. I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Salah. Hallelujah. But it was probably one through six. Sorry. Oh, sorry, the very time. I'm reading again. Sorry about that. This book of Psalms, chapter uh, one through six. All right. But his delight is in thee. Oh, very tough. Oh, my bad. Stay my bad. I'm sorry. This book of Psalms 143, verse 1. This is a book of Psalms 143, verse 1. Hear my prayer, O Yahuwah, and give my ear to my supplicants, and thy faithfulness answer me, and in my in thy righteousness. Verse 2. And enter and enter not to the judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. <clears throat> Verse 3 For the enemy have persecuted my soul He have smitten my life Down to the ground He have made me 
to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Verse 4. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. Verse 5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy words. I muse in the work of thy hands. That's it. Oh, six. Okay. Uh, Psalms one forty-three, verse six. I stretch for thy. I stretch. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee, as a thirsty land. Selah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So here it is. We see in verse five. It says, "I remember the days of old." We're constantly reminded throughout the word to return to the ancient past, to the old ways. Hence. The psalmist says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. So, you know, he's meditating on, on, on scripture, on the things that's written down that Yah did. You know, the works that he did. You know, the work of his hands. You know, and there's a blessing in that. Mm. You know, uh, and from one of my favorite psalms, which is Psalms 1, you know, we, we see that there's something that follows those that do such a thing. You know, um, Psalms 1, verses 2 and 3, it says, But his delight is in the Torah of Yahuwah, and in his Torah do of he meditate day and night. See, that's the same thing that David is saying in Psalms 143. Mm -hmm. it, but Psalms 1 tells you what the reward of that is. It says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Yeah. Hallelujah. How about that for a recipe for success? Yeah. You know, that's a recipe for success right there. You want to be successful? That's how you do it. Verses 7 through 12. My next reader, please. Hear me speedily. O Yahuwah, my spirit fa faileth. Hide not thy face from, from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I shall walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Yahuwah, from thine enemies. I will flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my Elohim. Thy Ruach is good. Lead me into the land of our brightness. Quicken me, O Yahuwah, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. Out of thy mercy cut off mine enemies, and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. Hallelujah. All right, so it says, Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. The way that we should walk is always in the way of Yahuwah. You know, and that is the way that Yahshua taught because Yahshua was the way, the truth, and the life. You know, uh, Genesis 18, 19 speaks about the way of Yahuwah. It says, for I know him, speaking of Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of Yahuwah to do justice and judgment, or you could say to do righteousness and judgment, because that's um, the same word. Mm -hmm. It says that Yahuwah may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. 
Hallelujah. You know, so that is the way that we should walk. So a lot of people need to learn, like Psalms 143 is a great model for prayer, you know, because it teaches you what to pray for, you know. And he says, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. He says, cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. You know, this is this is what we should be praying for. Yah, which way should I go? You know, what is the way of Yahuwah in this situation? What is the way of Yahuwah in that situation? What is the way of Yahuwah, you know, in this coming situation? You follow me? You know, this is what we should be praying for. You know, he goes on to say, you know, I flee unto thee to hide me. So, in other words, when he's in fear, he flee unto Yah. In order to flee unto Yah, that means he has to draw near unto Yah. You know, he has to go towards Yah. You know, if he's going to be hidden by Yah, he has to get within his presence. Amen? Amen. You know, and so, you know, how do we do that? <clears throat> through prayer, through fasting, through the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of praise. You know, this is how we draw near, you know. Even taking, you know, uh, Nazarite vows. You know, these are scriptural ways to draw near to Yah. He said in verse 10, teach me to do thy will. That's what you want to pray for. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to pray for. So many people think they know his will when they really need to be taught to do his will. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, like, that's really, this is really what changed my life. You know, because... He gave me a, a message, you know, when um, he first called me. And it was, learn to love the Lord thy God and die before without God we all die. Mm -hmm. And I was just baffled by that because it was telling me to learn to love him. And I, I was just sure in my heart I loved him. I'm like, yeah, I love you. I got that warm feeling, that fuzzy warm <laughs> feeling. That, yeah, I, yeah, I love you. You know, like, you know, what else you want from me? I, I Man, I don't... I, I done did every, I done cut out everything just to just to um, be with you, you know. See, but he told me to learn to love him, you know, because it's not something that you know how to do automatically. So, but so many people think that they love him because we have a different definition of love nowadays. You know, our definition of love is how we feel. His definition of love is doing his commandments. Mm -hmm. See the difference? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, doesn't matter how you feel. <laughs> I don't feel like praying today, but I'm going to pray. I don't feel like praising him, you know, through this rough time, but I'm going to praise him even harder. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't feel like coming to church today, but I'm going to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, that's loving him. That's loving him. That's that's him teaching you to do his will. You know, he says, lead me into the land of uprightness. You can't get into the land of uprightness unless you are walking upright. He says, quicken me. That is, revive me. You know, if I done fell off and I'm in the realm 
of the walking dead if I'm a zombie out here? How many of you know that there's plenty of zombies out here? There's zombies out here all around us. You know, Yahshua saw him. He spoke about him. He told one guy, he said, come follow me. He said, I will. I just need to go bury my father first. He said, let the dead bury the dead. But you come follow me. Well, what did he mean? Let the dead bury the dead. How the dead gonna bury anybody? There was walking dead. Mm -hmm. There was walking dead then, and there's walking dead now. Mm. It's a lot of people who call on the name of the Most High that are walking dead because they don't love Him. They're not keeping His commandments. They're not doing what He said mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Whether they were deceived into thinking they didn't have to. Or rather they just chose not to. Whatever the reason. If they're not doing it. They're not loving them. And if they're not loving them. They're not his. And if they're not his. Mm. Then he's not concerned with them. Mm. And as far as the scripture teaches. They'll go the way of the wicked. You know. So you have to understand. So here it is. The psalmist is praying. He said quicken me. If I am in the realm of the dead, revive me. Why? For thy name's sake. Because I carry your name on me, God. So if it's not just for my life's sake, revive me for your name's sake. Or for thy righteousness' sake. Because that's the way I'm seeking to walk. Bring my soul out of trouble. And out of thy mercy cut off mine enemy. And it should destroy all of them that afflict my soul. Cut off all my enemies, y'all, and destroy all of them that afflict my soul. Why? For I am thy servant. Don't you know that when you decide to be a servant of Yah, that there's a heritage that comes along with serving Yah? Did you know that? Y'all don't believe me, do y'all? Good thing I put validation up here. Y'all, y'all hard bunch. Y'all don't believe nothing unless y'all see it. All right. So, yes, Yahoo 5417. It says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of Yahoo. And their righteousness is of me, saith Yahoo. Hallelujah. Yes. That's all I have for you today, Trails. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.